Let me just sneak past you here and grab the ranch. Oh, <laughs> hi, everyone. Welcome to the Ope Girls podcast. My name is Nikki and this is Abby. And we are here to tell you about our almost spinster Midwestern lives. We are in our late 20s, early 30s, just living the best lives that we can, kind of conforming and non-conforming, I guess and changing the social norms as to what the world sees us as. Yeah, and we have gone through lots of traumas, so you will hear a ton of dark humor on our behalf. We are pretty rowdy. We yeah. are pretty rowdy. So basically, we're pretty fucked up. And so we just figured, <laughs> like, we're actually pretty successful women, and we have these fucked up stories, and we're out here living our best lives, and we just kind of – you know, want people out there who might be in the same situation situations as us. So Nikki and I have known each other since second grade. Yes. Technically. Did we have the same second grade teacher? Yeah. Who, Mrs. Clark. Mrs. Clark. Oh, I loved her. <laughs> and my mom had a baby that year too. I remember. Yes. So that was when Dorothy was born. And that was how old I was when I was put on my first diet. <laughs> love that for you I know wasn't it great (laughs) (laughs) but we you know didn't start becoming closer until maybe three years ago yeah so essentially we had the same second grade teacher but I have no memory about that so one thing about me is I don't remember anything so it's all that childhood trauma (laughs) yeah I I I block it all out yeah (laughs) um so Abby we got back, like, we got closer because you and our group of friends, we have a very tight group of friends. So me and Abby have known each other since second grade, but then me and our other friends have been really close since middle school. Yeah, you guys are better friends. So then as we're, you know, what we call maturing, that's when I started becoming closer with you and these girls outside of partying. Well, yeah. And it's like both of our friends, their significant others at one point were both in bands, not the same band, but two separate bands. So like, yeah, it was the fun thing to do was go to one of their shows. I mean, I know like Abby and I can't be any different when it comes to like musical tastes. Like I was Abby is super into pop culture and like she knows the words to WAP. I know. Yes. Rap and country yeah. are, my, are my, my jams. And I am a former emo scene girl. Um, I just, yeah, I was the big poofy. My parents used to call me football head, like, hey, Arnold. And right. that was, like, my MO. So, like, I just listened to Screamo. But now I just kind of listen to alternative rock and classic rock. And I hate 98.9 The Bear. Shout out to them. <laughs> Can't stand them. Okay, but fun fact, I also had an emo phase. You kind of did. Yeah, I had all of the eyeliner. I dyed I my hair black against my mom's wishes. She said I looked like a slut. You know, I do remember, though. So our group of friends at one point turned on me because I was a super skank, okay? I sent a mass sext out to, like, a group of dudes that were all friends. And these guys, like, started realizing we're getting the same fucking text message. This whole three group of dudes that were in our study our, our study hall by by the way um like me and you yeah because it'll okay. get to, I'll get back to that story okay so anyways when so the group again, of friends don't remember <laughs> they were really concerned about my slutscapade my my uh you know sophomore slutscapade yeah that they were like we're gonna go to the counselor about Nikki honestly was like fuck you guys like I don't know what your guys's deal is me being a slut doesn't do anything I, it just uplifts my you know self-esteem even though I can't get a boyfriend um <laughs> <Amen>. but like <laughs> still my issue <laughs> So it was the last day of study hall. The teach didn't care. And you and your friend at the time, you guys accepted me. And I think I did tell you the drama at the time, but you probably forgot. What, was I accepting? Yeah, you guys were super cool. But honestly, it was probably just like me being like, hey, do you guys care if I sit with you? Like everyone hates <laughs> me. So like there's there's a whole bunch of things that we want to talk about in this podcast. Like 
Another thing that Abby and I have in common is we come from addiction. Not necessarily my parents, but we have, you know, what is the word that they used in Al-Anon? Qualifiers. Yeah. Alcoholics. But I would say like, I don't know, like a little bit, like kind of talking about like why we wanted to start our, our journey to starting the podcast. I mean, now is the better time than ever. Well, I mean, so for our experiences are a little bit different. So for me, I became a podcast junkie from the the podcast Serial. So it's like a true crime podcast. It blew up. Everyone was talking about it. I became obsessed. And from there, it just really escalated. Like I listened to all of the podcast my my like niche is like now I like comedy podcast and if we know one thing about comedians it's that they have a lot of trauma that's why they you know try to be funny they talk about their insecurities they talk about they the make dark light times. of the situation yeah yeah and I like you know we have been joking about high school but I really feel like in the area that we grew up in you know, it was like a more affluent area. So like most folks gave the perception that they had a picture perfect life. And so I never talked about my struggles. Mm -hmm. I never talked about anything with anyone. So, you know, essentially I grew up in a very lonely state. And then, you know, then I started listening to these podcasts and people talking about really dark shit that I really related to. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh. First of all, I love talking. Like anyone that knows me knows I could talk to a fucking wall. Well, you were taught that you, you had to hide these feelings too. Like you couldn't talk about it. It's like, don't say like, don't ask, don't tell type thing. I couldn't talk about it because I was scared that we would literally be taken out of the home, like by CPS. That is so fucking So I had to protect my, essentially my mom because it was bad. I mean, not all bad. I I mean, I guess like I just like want to give like a little like preface like she did the best she could given her circumstances, but like she did struggle with alcoholism. I mean, she's once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic, but she's sober now, but you know, she was a single mom. My dad shipped out when I was, you know, in third grade and I don't think she could have handled like I don't know if you know this but my brother he um, actually went when we were in middle school went to the counselor and told my counselor that my dad was beating him because he Mm -hmm. had a bruise and I remember it like the like clear as day my dad was poking him in the chest screaming at him because he was doing something defiant because he was the most defiant fuck Um, and he he saw that as an opportunity and then CPS got called and I think we were under investigation for like 90 days yeah my mom had two small children going on she was sick Um, it just was a nightmare so like I don't know if your mom would have been able to handle that in her condition Uh, she was coherent enough to know that like so when my parents got divorced um, I don't know if it was like something my dad did or, or if it was just like a precaution, but I remember someone coming into the home to like, just double check that everything was good. And she like hid all of the alcohol. So like, there were like little, like my, like, I didn't know that drinking alcohol was like viewed as bad, which like there's healthy relationships with it. But like, there are like a few things that I remember from my childhood that I just remember like, Oh, like she shouldn't be drinking this much. Like that was one where she was like, okay, gotta hide all the alcohol. And then like, just, you know, another backstory, I guess, you know, every time we would leave the house and I'm like so young, I still have to sit in the back seat. So like, I'm I'm not like in a car seat, but I'm Mm -hmm. not able to sit in the front seat. So like, just for reference, that's how young I am. She would fill up this like to go thermos with wine. Like I just I thought it was normal just drinking and driving. So she, you know, we're leaving. It was part of our routine. She would fill up her thermos with the wine with her uh, boxed wine. Classy woman. I mean, we've all <laughs> <Yeah>. been there. <laughs> and you know, slap the bag, drink yeah. the wine. <laughs> Yeah, what is it called? Frenzia or something yep, like yep. that? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Rhine wine. And it's pink. Rhine like, wine. you know it tastes like. But here, uh, we're giving away free ads. Yeah, <laughs> and So, and then she, you know, she would pack up, put it in the car, drink it as we're going, and she got pulled over. 
And I remember her saying, oh my gosh, like, and so she put, you know, like the little thermos back by me as if it was mine to hide it from the cop. And so that was like the second time that I was like, oh shit. You're not supposed to be drinking and driving, oh my Mom. God, Abby, <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. So I, you know, I didn't have any issues. Like I, I was so sheltered. I was so sheltered. I did not have an alcoholic mom. I did not have an alcoholic dad. Um, I I mean, later in life things happened, but I never had to experience like the alcoholism or the addiction until I was later in life. It was, Mm -hmm. I was so, so, so sheltered. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to go to the sex education at school and I, my parents never sat me down. Um, I found out what a virgin was because someone asked me in sixth grade, Nikki, are you a virgin? And, um, I looked at him and I thought, okay, virgin like the virgin mother. (laughs) And so I was like, no. And then later that night I go home and I ask my mom, like, mom, what's. So she was like, please, for the love of God, tell me that you said that you were a virgin. And I was like, no, I didn't. And she's like, well, a virgin is like someone who hasn't been conceived yet. And I was like, oh God. Okay. Well, what does conception mean? And I was 12 when this happened. And most people find out about sex when they're like nine, I think like 10, maybe. I was pretty young, but I didn't, I have an older sister. Fair. And rode the bus. My <laughs> older brother did not. He sheltered us. He was, he was literally the best. He let us think that Santa Claus is real until we were way too old, but Damn. he didn't told now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did I he know. ever buy you alcohol? He well, he he helped fill out a lot. I think it was different because I was a girl, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. I mean, I think my life would be different if it he wasn't, you know, the protective older brother that yeah. he always has been. My sister bought it for me one time. Oh damn! Yeah, I bought. She was she was my mother. I bought my little brother alcohol once, and I think you guys were over. I was literally yeah, at your you house. guys were over at my. <laughs> came over and he was like he walked in and he goes oh damn Nikki I didn't know you had friends <laughs> and I was like well what fuck up? you too man like yeah thanks and I gave him whatever I had in my freezer yeah was that pre-covid I feel like it had to be pre I think it was during we were bad okay well either way that was hilarious that was just great yeah um but yeah so I didn't even I didn't know anything about sex uh I actually went from like when I lost my virginity I li- went from like making out to literally having sex for the first time. I think this just goes to show, like, I literally had no rules. Like, I had guy friends that, and I'm, I'm like, not, like, I legitimately had guy friends that were very platonic. But you, ha- you I, waited a long time to have sex, right? Oh, yeah, 19. And that's insane because I was, like, 14, 15 when I lost yeah, my virginity. Yeah, but this just goes to show, like, I had guy friends. They were allowed to come over. Sometimes they slept in my basement and I just would like go upstairs and like my my mother would never honestly they were all very cute. I mean some of them had girlfriends and then they would break up and like we would still just be platonic. It wasn't until I want to know what friends spent the night at your house and then I would judge of what I would do. Oh my god no way. He was so cute in high school. A babe. And he was so flirtatious and we would kind of like like we like he has a very flirty personality and so do I but like we never hooked up was he Jessica's age no he was only like all of my guy friends were the grade above me but as I was saying though like so I had no rules literally none I was exposed to all of the movies I was exposed to all of the shows all of the music there was no sensory in my home a lot of men going in and out, you know. Wow. On my mom's side of things. So clearly I, not you. I, you held I, out. Definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just a little prude. Like I didn't drink and have sex until I was like nineteen, which is crazy. So you were like my but, mother's like dream yes, child. But she, like, you were so censored. Oh and then my gosh, I was so censored. Fuck wild, send your titties out. No one has a harder time with having sex with someone and not catching feelings, like those endorphins or what are they called? Like, yeah, endorphin. No, yeah, what is it called? Ferritonin. Fer- ferritonin. That I mean, no ferritonin. Well, pheromones are something Pheromones, yeah. No, you, you get all of the endorphins when you're having sex, so it goes to your brain. So, like, you get addicted to it. So, like, men don't have that. Like, 
men, I think, actually, like, have the complete opposite reaction. <laughs> yeah. So, like, every guy that I have sex with, I kind of think that I'm in love with. And that's one thing that, like, I will say in the whole grand scheme of abstinence thing, like, my mom was kind of hit head on the nail, like, every guy that I've ever had sex with. Like, and I don't – I couldn't even tell you how many, but – Every single one. Heartbreak. Every time. Been in love three times. I've only been in love once. Lucky you. <laughs> I don't know. Not really. It's like mid twenties in love. I've been single ever since. Like sometimes I'm like, did he ruin me? <laughs> Maybe a little. Maybe he was pretty awful from the sound of it. Not like I mean, yes, like terrible. There's like there's y'all. We'll get into some of these stories because they are a doozy. But like we genuinely liked each other. You know, like, and I could be myself. Like, we were weird as fuck. Like, one thing about me is once I get comfortable, I am a fucking weirdo. Dude, I literally, it took me two years, but me and Sam fart on each other now. On each other? On each other. That doesn't gross you the fuck out? Um, it gross, no. Do you like, uh, is it not hot box? No, if he tries what's, doing what's that. The cover thing? So the thing is, is my farts aren't stinky. His R's, his his R's, his <laughs> his R, um, and he has tried that once, and I literally like kicked him. What's it right called? In the kin. like not, Dutch not, oven. Dutch oven. Yeah, Ugh. Dutch oven. Blech. Gross. I know it's awful. We are disgusting. And like one time, so like I have two. I mean, you know how my house is. It's like a whole circle. Yeah, and like he had to poop and I had to poop. Yeah. So like I was in one bathroom and I was pooping with the door open and he yeah. was in the other bathroom yeah. pooping with the door open and we were just talking like, no, I kind of do love that though. Like I, I mean, y'all, one thing about me is I am everyone's poop friend. So when they have a poop story or if they need to poop, but they feel very comfortable in my presence. They call me up. They send me the texts. You oh are my that God, girl. I have a story for you. I am Every single person's poop friend. But do you remember when I couldn't poop in the same building as him? Yeah, like, I would wake up on Saturday mornings. In her, he would... in her own home. Yeah. So, like, and we had been dating for, like, a few months. Like, it was official now. And I would finally let him come over to my house because, like, you know, single girl life, I owned my own home. And so I wouldn't let people over at my house because, like, I thought I was going to get murdered. <laughs> and so when I finally let him into my home and he was staying the night and... Um, all that stuff. Saturday mornings when I had to poop, I would either A, go to my parents' house, B, go to Meyer, or C, go to Kroger. It was like a plethora of those things because I couldn't poop in the same vicinity. So yeah, we moved on from that though, clearly. Yeah. I mean, my ex and I, we were kind of gross too, but we wouldn't like toot on each other. Or, like, Dutch oven each other. But, like, if I was in the bathroom taking too long, he would, like, open the door and be like, hey, like, you almost done in there? And I'd be like, not really. You know, it's been 15, 15, I don't know how long. <laughs> I'm not, like, not I'm not, like, a guy where I'm, like, on the toilet for 30 minutes. But if it was too long for his liking, you know, sometimes you just scroll on Facebook scroll on Instagram TikTok now for me you just kind of sit there and just like enjoy like some peace and quiet he, true he would open the door and be like hey but I like need to tell you this and I'm like we've literally spent the whole weekend together like it's like on a Sunday night I'm like can you leave me? which like I wouldn't I love talking so I'd be like yeah sure like come on in what do you want to talk about yeah <laughs> and he would just watch me and I would wipe and everything like so gross like I don't know if I but would... that's companionship that's kind I of know. what you want I know but I always hear like people say like you need to keep like a level of like boundaries with that to keep the romance yeah. alive like I don't know like I mean there's literally no romance in mine and Sam's relationship I'm gonna be completely frank yeah like I don't know if I would do that again yeah, no, I definitely, you know, it took me two years, but, like, it was only because he was, like, ripping ass in front of me all the time, but, right. like, that's, like, companionship, though. Like, he gets, he won't let me in the room when he's, like, pooping. Um, he's asked me for toilet paper, and he gets really weird about it. <laughs> um, but, like, when we had Mocha, so I had, I adopted a dog, and she had puppies, and we kept one of the puppies. Um, and, no, I didn't breed my dog. She, 
I got her yeah. and she was pregnant and we didn't know and it was like a whole thing. I have horrible little, luck. Little oopsie. Um, but when we would bathe Mocha when she was younger, we would just do it while we were in the shower. Yeah. And so like he would be like, okay, I'm ready for Mocha. He would finish his shower and at the end of his shower, I would just bring Mocha to him and like he'd just be there, balls a dangling, and just he'd bathe our dog. No our joke. Puppy. So like you say, like it's like romance and like compatibility. Or no, not romance. Compatibility. What did you say it was? Companionship. Companionship. I mean, I don't know. I sometimes feel like my ex and I were like just like BFFs that like would have like sex together once a week. But like we would just like shower together because we just wanted to keep hanging out. And I think some of that was like me like, hey, like it's fun. Like it wouldn't be sexy. Not like at your all. showers wouldn't be like, sexy? Like we would shower just to continue our hangs but you guys were like naked yeah would you wash each other's bodies and stuff no so like you guys would just shower and yeah. nothing yeah there was one time where penetration happened i don't remember that part what you guys had sex maybe you guys showered that maybe like once i don't know much? i was like trying to like spice up our relationship because i was like you know when you just like which I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but I felt like our sex life was like robots. Like we would decide through just a conversation that we wanted to have sex. And then we're like, okay, let's go to the bath or to go to the bedroom. I would unclothe myself, get into the bed. He would literally unclothe himself, go into the bathroom, wipe down his balls so they weren't stinky with a wet wipe. That was very considerate of him. Yeah, but like every time. This is like every like Sunday. Literally. I wonder if someone told him that he had baloney balls or something. I don't know. I think I I think I introduced him to wet wipes for his like butt just to like wipe it after pooping. And I they, love those. They changed his life. He's like, oh, I'm just going to like wipe my balls I mean, down. did you notice a difference before and after? Uh, I'm kind of, I don't mind the dirtiness. I'm, I'm a, I know there's nothing good. There's like, nothing better than like a stinky, someone? dirty man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm all about that. I mean, I have issues with like dirty, like uncircumcised men. But like a stinky, dirty man. Yeah. Like clearly I, still clean your dick cheese, but. I like a guy that looks like he may not have showered in three days. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's one of my many types. But so, you know, it would be the same. And then the sex was always the same. You know, it was. I know all I didn't. That. I didn't know that it wasn't like air quote great sex because I was like orgasming. Mm hmm. But, like, now I've had great sex. So now I know that that was just mediocre robotic sex. But there was yeah. one time I was trying to spice up and be, like, a little bit promiscuous and sexy. And so um, this was when we were younger. He lived, you know, in an apartment with his dad. So his dad was, like, gone or somewhere, you know. Like, I knew the dad wasn't coming back. He preferred to shower in his dad's shower. So I met him in his fucking dad's shower and gave him a blowjob. I think if I have sex with someone now and it's disappointing, I don't do it again for the most part, unless I really like them. Like, I think it's okay to give it a couple of tries. But if it's just continuously disappointing, what's the point? Or you stop if they give you an unsolicited dick pic. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Nikki, I think we should kind of, you know, introduce ourselves a little bit to the listeners. A little bit of the LD. What's the lowdown, yeah. Abs? Tell me all the deets. Yeah, so so Nikki, do you want to tell us about yourself? Yeah, so I am the second oldest of five children. Um, I have a lot of accomplishments that I have had and over – I have, you know – overcame several eating disorders in my life. Um, I have dealt with a lot of death and grief and addiction, not personally, but like with my loved ones, as we discussed, like, or we'll be discussing qualifiers and our experience with Al-Anon. Um, I have a long-term boyfriend who is a alcoholic. He is currently 
recovering. He will be sober two years in a couple weeks. Um, so we're mm-hmm. definitely Go excited Sam. about that. And um, a lot of this podcast will be, you know, life with Sam and what it's like being with a recovering alcoholic. Um, but I was raised in an extremely strict conservative Catholic home. And you know, my mom was definitely married and had several kids by the time she was my age. And I am not and will not ever follow that path. And my entire life, I thought that was the path that I wanted. And I recently, you know, broke through that mindset. And it's kind of been mind boggling. It's been, what is the word that I'm thinking of? It's just been liberating, liberating. I have never been so positive and about anything in my life. Like I know who I am. I know how I process things. Um, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm absolutely not perfect, but I know now how to distance myself. I know exactly how to stick up for myself. Like I used to hate confrontation and now I deal with it. Um, I also have the worst luck ever. Um, <laughs> like literally the day before I sold my car, I ended up bluing a tire. Um, you know, I adopted a dog. She ended up being pregnant. Um, spent my whole entire life trying to get away from alcoholics and ended up falling in love with one. So, (laughs) yay. (laughs) But I mean, I definitely have a passion for helping people for sure. And that's what kind of led me to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you, Abs? Give me a little lowdown on you. Yeah. So I guess I just, A, want to thank you for doing this with me. It has been my pleasure. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah. I mean, I was dragging my freaking feet, you know, to do it by myself and you know, I can talk to a wall, but at the same time, it's so much like more fun and interesting to kind of go back and forth. So thank you for, for doing this. You are so welcome. But yeah, a little bit about me is, you know, I come from two alcoholics mm-hmm. who are, di- like, they're divorced. You know, a, a big part of like my identity is the fact that my dad stopped seeing me in third grade. So I deal with a lot of abandonment issues, which then has affected all of my relationships. Yeah. And so, you know, what I really have focused on in my later 20s is like being emotionally okay with all of the the shit that happened Mm -hmm. and kind of growing from it. So, you know, I listen to all of the podcasts. That's like one of like my things and which is why I wanted to start this podcast because, you know, if a story of how I overcame, you know, the shit that I went through helps someone else. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Also along the way, let's be funny about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's all you can do is laugh about it. Yeah. I mean, we are the type of people that laugh to make light and I mean, it's just how we, that's how we get through our trauma is we laugh through it. (laughs) So then I guess just like outside of, you know, that piece of myself, um, I have like no memories. I forget everything. So if I have to say things like three different times on here, my apologies in advance. Yeah. Um, I'm single. And so that's like also a and huge you have part. The best stories. <laughs> yeah. I somehow find myself in situations and I'm like, this doesn't happen to anyone but me. It's fantastic. Like I will be like, are y'all ready for this story? And my friends just are like, how the fuck does this happen? I mean, it's great. We vicariously lived through you. Yeah. I mean, it keeps it keeps me on my toes. It keeps life interesting. You know, a lot of content. I should write like a coffee table book about it with screenshots from men. Like, what the hell? You know? I mean, yeah. And I think it's really important for like us to know that Abby is our, our friend that we all feel. We all look up to her. <laughs> Because you're just so like, you're just so like, when I say you are the definition of a girl boss, like you have overcome the struggle. Like, yeah. So I'm in corporate America. I've been here for the long haul. Like I've learned a lot on the way. So, I mean, yeah, I, I love like, that's my niche. I love to give like advice. Like, you know, I, I have a lot of opinions and it's fantastic. Um, a lot of opinions. Also, another, you know, side note, I am a Gemini. So I have a lot of 
emotions and they change every three seconds. And I'm an Aquarius and I know literally nothing about my horoscope. <laughs> Means you're kind of like aloof. Yeah. Like you're like a, in your head a lot. Dude, I am the biggest overthinker in all of the land. Yeah. I do have to say though, like going back to like your, you know, introduction you are definitely like a recovering people pleaser. I am the biggest <laughs> recovering people pleaser. That is like literally my MO for yeah. my entire life. And I think that's also why I ended up with Sam, which if you stay longer, you can find out exactly what I mean. But he was he's he his whole entire being is like a fuck you to what I was raised to be. Right. Right. So. Yeah, so that's just a little bit about me and my journey here. And, you know, I'm excited to share all of these fucked up crazy stories that, you know, happened to me along the way. And guess what? It's only going to continue to happen. I know. And I feel like based on our both of our experiences, because even when I was single, like I look back on my Facebook statuses and like how many times like I just put my thoughts out there and so, people would so be like, cringe. people would literally be like, you need to like make a YouTube channel or something because like I just you know my thoughts are when Abby and I text it's not one paragraph no for me never. if you want like one answer you're not gonna get that from me you're gonna get 12 strands of text message thoughts because my brain is like a bowl of noodles yeah each like spaghetti is a different thought and so I have to like text it as I'm thinking it and it has five million grammatical errors right I was gonna say and half of them are fucked up because you're going too quick I know and it's just like how my brain works and I can't stop like even when I like rethink like I go back and I reread I'm like decomposing this text message and it's not even it's not it's even what I want to say cryptic <laughs> it's awful it's not my authentic self so I'm just going to keep sending blasting everyone with like 12,000 right. text messages but that's kind of like I feel like both of our brains work a little bit that way because like we're a little bit kooky on the insides there like we're just like blah 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 and well, then the next thing it's the next how thing. I process wait, things how are how are you thinking about this and then you ask a question and then you're like oh sidebar blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we're, we're a little bit chaotic in that sense. Yeah. And even like when we're out to drinks with our girlfriends, it's like, we like, we can't even finish one conversation no. because we have so many thoughts all, all at once that just like go everywhere. Yeah. Like we could be talking about like Spain and then somehow end up to like Nazis and then like end up to like what we ate for dinner two days ago and yeah. like how we got to poop. Really and then badly. I'm like, let's loop back around to the first, you know, conversation. Let's, let's, let's finish this. I know, but it's so hard. <laughs> Especially when you have like a glass or two of wine. Oh yeah. It just yeah. even gets harder. Yeah. And we like are hoping for our listeners to, if, if you've stayed with us, you know, or if, if you stay with us, um, we're hoping to create a platform for a platform for everyone to feel safe. Um, yes. we want to promote sex positivity. We want to promote, you know, I want to educate people on what it's like to have an eating disorder. And also like Abby and I, we share relationships with alcoholics, like my brother and my boyfriend and my best friend and few and far between and Abby's parents, like we shared this relationship with addicts yeah. and we have overcome it. We haven't con, you know, you never like living with an addict. It, it's, it's a cert, it's a cycle. You never like know what's right. going to happen next. And it's I'm, awful. I'm like the exception. Like I, had a single parent. Both of my parents were alcoholics. So, um, you know, my mom had a boyfriend that was addicted to like cocaine, you know, and that's the person that taught me how to drive. So like not only was he good and then, you know, mm. spiraled in his addiction. So I dealt with abandonment issues from my, my dad, abandonment issues from this ex-boyfriend of my mom's. So the fact that I, A, don't have any children at this point, so I'm, I didn't have a teen pregnancy. I am not in an abusive relationship myself. 
and I'm not addicted to drugs and alcohol, like I am the exception. You literally are 100% a miracle. Yeah. Like you, you and honestly, your sister's not I was gonna, doing and, and my bad sister either. Too. Like you two are great, mem- productive members of society. Gr- granted, you both are fucked up. Like we're all fucked <laughs> yes. up. We are all fucked up here. Like we have no judgments for the fucked up. You're welcome here. You are all loved and this is a safe space but but like responsibly fucked up yeah that's what i'm saying like you're not making these horrible life-changing or life-damaging decisions on the weekends like you're not texting us being like guys i tried meth (laughs) (laughs) like that we will never get that from abby like that's not her mo um and she's the one that's always like are you sure you want to do that or like are you sure that this is good for you like you know, they've had their... I'm great at giving advice, but not so great taking it all the time. I mean, you still have to live your life. Like, I can... I give... How many times have I said to you today, like, no one should be taking relationship advice from me. Right. But, like, you know what I mean? Like... You're you're very supportive and empowering. Like, that's one thing that I've, like, r- like realized recently. I like, never... Like, with, like, some stuff that has gone down. I never want anyone to feel like the way that I've felt. Right. In my life. Right. I never like even when I see women that I can relate to on the streets, I say what I want someone to say to me. Right. I will always try to portray myself or do unto others how I wish someone would do unto me. Um, I do that with everything and every relationship in my life. That's like one thing like this year that I'm like really trying to get better about is like so like you, I do try to you know, help my friends as much as possible, send them encouraging text messages. If they need to talk about something, I try to be there for them. And so like, I try to think like, I would never, ever, ever say the things to my friends that I have said to myself. So like that inner talk. So I'm trying to like be my own friend. Like that's like one thing I'm working on this Mm -hmm. year. And so I don't know. I feel like that's something that like you could also work on this year too. Like we could try to do it together. Yeah. It's really hard. Like, you know, um, my other best friend, which she's not going to care if I say her name, but Lindsay, you met her. Mm -hmm. Um, she is always telling me like, Nicole, if I said this about myself or she, she would be like, there's been so many times, especially this year where she was, where she said, if, if I said that about myself, you would rip, like, yeah. you would rip me a new one. Right. You would lift me up. And she's like, and the fact that you are saying that about yourself kills me right. because you are always the person that has nothing but nice things to say to, about everyone and can find a compliment in every situation. Yeah. But you can't see that yourself. You see the best in people, but like you don't see the best in yourself because and I'm, I'm also speaking like not just you like I that happens to me all the time where I'm like why am I saying that like narrative to me yeah well it's just like my entire life I was told that I was ugly I was fat I was you know I needed to change and that was like my since I was seven I was seven I've been told I need to change Mm -hmm. I've been told that like I have an unhealthy relationship because I was put on a diet where I didn't eat for three days like I And that was a diet that I was put on by a parent. And like, there's so many things that have affected my, my basically Mm self-esteem that like all I've done in my life is see myself or try to change myself. And it's exhausting. Yeah. And it's to the point where I've given up. And so like, I just don't want anyone. And if you're listening and you feel like you, you, you've been alone. Cause I did, I felt like no one knew this struggle and Mm -hmm. I just, this is a safe place for you. We are trying to make it a place for women to come and maybe hopefully relate to what we're saying. I know. And men. And men. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All the men. (laughs) Or like people. You can just come. It doesn't matter. You don't have to identify as something. You can just come. Just show up to the party. They, whoever. We are welcoming. We are accepting. We are encouraging. I just love beautiful people. And I kind of, I love that like about us, like I I feel like we're both kind of saying the same thing, but like have just different experiences with Mm -hmm. it. So like we have the whole gamut of fucked upness. Like, you know, like you come from like your traumas. I come from my traumas and they're so different. But at the same time, we both still feel the same way. And like just I, I mean, I don't know. I just can't, you know, say it enough that I just hope that, you know, we make 
at least one person feel less alone in this crazy ass world. Yeah. And like, I mean, the resource, the resources in America aren't affordable, like right. the mental health resources. I, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I have been in therapy. I've currently been looking into the process of using my employee assistance program and it's not affordable. Yeah. We're talking like $150 if you get a licensed practitioner. Now, if you're from a different country, I'm sure you're well aware of how capitalist how capitalistic healthcare is. Yeah. Um, but no one can afford that for a half hour or an hour. But if you're out there and you're doing that, that is fantastic. Um, we are doing the best that we can, like with the re- resources that we have. Mm-hmm. And ha- Abby and I have done that through podcasts. We've done that through yeah. like TikToks and books, like articles, blogs, like I'm all about the blogs. So, you know, I, I hope that, you know, the listeners, you know, you fictional characters right now, because <laughs> this is our first episode, um, but hopefully you're there <laughs> listening to, to our crazy stories, but, you know, hopefully like we can, you know, help at least one person. Yeah. And like, we have the best friend group and we just want you as our listeners to be able to be part of our friend group because I know what it's like to lose friends I know what it's like to feel alone like Mm -hmm. or feel like you know you're being judged or whatever and we have the baddest of bitches in our friend group (laughs) and we have so many stories and we just want you guys to feel like you are welcome here yeah and we we want you guys to be the og like gang (laughs) yes and you guys can be the ogs and the oak girl gang og yes and like we just want you to know like society can tell you this is how you're supposed to be but nope that's not for you (laughs) You're an ope girl. And (laughs) that's just not how things work. And we are changing Mm -hmm. and taking back. I mean, I don't even think we've ever really had it. We are creating this freedom and we are changing social norms. Right. And it's okay to be 30, 35, and 40 and still trying to figure out what you want or where you are. And it's okay to be a dog mom. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. You know what? And if let's say dogs aren't for you and you want to foster, you should do that. Or like, let's say kids aren't for you because I feel like if you say that to a boomer that like you don't want kids, they're like, oh, the Pope will tell you you're selfish. I will have to say whenever I run into like, let's say a coworker that is, you know, 40s, 50s. okay, like just to give like an age range that I haven't talked to in a while. Whenever they say, like they see me, it's always like, hey, how are you doing? And so, you know, you give the classic response. I'm well, how are you? You know, they're f- gent- like, okay, so that's their first question. Their mm-hmm. second question to me is 100% of the time. So you seeing someone? Are you dating anyone? Yeah. What's your What's your love life? What's the update? And shit you not every time is, nope. <laughs> So that is really, really sad. That yeah. just makes me so, so sad. Yeah. I mean, and like, here's the thing. Like, I I guess like I can have some empathy towards them because like that was th- like the norm. Like it's not yes. normal for their generation to be yes. almost 30 and not married. Definitely not saying that if that's your life, then you're wrong. That's awesome for you. And oh, I'm yeah. so glad that that worked out for you. No judgment. But other people are like, you're weird. You're not married. I don't know if Sam and I are ever going to get married. I don't know if we'll ever be stable enough for that. I don't know if our mental health will ever be enough for that. And I don't know if like that's the path that ends up being the road that we take. Yeah. But I, I don't mean, know that I ever want to be married. I, I might want a lifelong partner, but I don't know that I actually want to be married. I mean, if I could go back into a time machine, I would say living with someone is for the birds. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love my boyfriend. Don't get me wrong. But living with him is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Um, but I ju- we want our listeners to know that this is a, co- a comedic a relief almost of yeah. what society norms are. And right. we're changing the game, sister. Well, just show up as you are. Who- if you're married, who cares? If you're not married who cares if you have a partner and don't want to be married we don't care like i i mean my singleness truly does make some people feel very uncomfortable and they just don't understand it they don't know why i'm trying like i'm not trying harder which 
newsflash i kind of am <laughs> i mean i'm dating i guess i wouldn't say trying hard but i go on the dates I just don't like them. The <laughs> thing is, Abby, is you have these beautiful standards. You yeah. are not going to go through the drama that you have seen your peers go through, like me in particular. You're not going to go through that. You're not no. going to go through. You're no not settling. No offense. Yeah, you're not <laughs> settling. And yeah. like that's, you know exactly what you want. And the man that you want is going to be man enough to be on your level. And I'm not saying like man enough as in like he's going to be able to lift a rock. I'm just saying no, he's going to match your energy. I need a man that can talk about his emotions. That's what all girls want. Like, like that's that's manly to me. Like I feel like the perfect guy for you is kind of metro. Like not super metro where no, but he's they have like, to look like physical, they've been showered but for like, three days. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that would not be like metro. this would if I could like build my perfect man, it would be a Canadian who's like chopping down like trees. a letter Kenny guy or like, like chopping down trees wearing cowboy boots. So you want like a Hallmark movie type guy, but like then comes inside and then dicks you down. But dirty. like then I come home from my corporate job or my podcasting job. <laughs> Maybe if we can get, you know, you. or maybe like I'm touring or something, doing a show, come back home. We would love that. You know, dreams, goals. I just want to come home to my dogs. And then like we talk about our day. He like cares about my emotions. I maybe cry to him a little bit and then we have sex or something like dirty sex. So my, as he's like sweaty, like, and hasn't showered yet. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> I just want to come home and then have my person, Sam, just be like sitting there naked and then like <laughs> ready and willing. That would just be ideal for me. Oh, and I would really love waffles, <laughs> like waffles and maple syrup. And well, then him, Sam knows how to cook. He can, he can God, make that happen. Yeah. But whenever I request something like a certain thing, I've been asking for chicken Parmesan for like two years now and he hasn't made it. So I try to make it. And every time it's just tastes like, bleh. but request it for like your birthday or something like next year. He thinks that everything has to be fancy, but I will. I definitely will. Yeah. All right, Nikki, I think it's time to start wrapping up this episode. I just want to thank everyone for listening. You guys are awesome. Thank you. I hope you guys show up to the next episode. Um, I think we'll start to have more of a structure and more topics. This one was kind of a little bit all over the place. We needed to, to have our cherry popped a little bit to know how this was going to go. Yeah, just a little, you know, give us a, a little introduction here. But before we let you guys go completely, Abby and I have discussed that we are going to end this with an Ope story of the day. One thing about Abby and I is whenever we hear something shocking and we have nothing to say, we just go Ope. And that's kind of a Midwestern thing. So if you're like listening to this from like Australia or like California and you're not familiar with Ope, it's kind of like a Ope. Ooh, like a you could say Ope to anything. Yeah, it could. Like, it really could be literally anything, but it's just an Ope. So, like, we have an uh, Ope story, and Abby is going to take this Ope story away this week. Yeah. So, you know, classics, single gal, um, you know, some of my decisions aren't the smartest. That's one thing you will start to gather from all of these stories. <laughs> I So, I'm out at the bar. I'm with two girlfriends. It's midnight. Mother's Day is literally the next day. I get a text message from this guy that I have not met yet. He's like, hey, like, you know, if you're out, I want to meet you. He was out with his friends. And the girls are like, well, it's for sure a booty call. And I'm like, ah, I'm not really getting the vibe. Like, so I invite him out. I'm like, FML, I want to go home. Why did I invite this guy out? I can normally literally talk to anyone. But for some reason, I was just so worried about getting home and not drinking too much because it was Mother's Day the next day that I was so in my head. And you needed to brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this rarely happens, okay? I'm drinking this drink. I'm like, I can't drink any more of it. So I just order the Uber without telling him. So, like, he's just sitting there. And he, are you guys talking or is it just silence? A little. But I think I was just giving him shit for, like, not, like, actually taking me out on a date, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, fair. Fair. <laughs> He's like, I feel really bad. I'm like, uh-huh. 
I'm like secretly ordering this Uber. I don't know why I kept it a secret. Yeah, I would have been like, listen, this has been fun, but we're going to wrap this one up here, buddy. Yep. And that's what I did without telling him that. So then my Uber gets there and I'm like, okay, I got to go. My Uber's here. And he's like, oh, well, let me walk you out. So then I I, I hug this like giant man, 6'6". Six, six, I'm 5'2". Get in the Uber. Let me tell you. I don't know how it got to this. I ended up crying. Full on mental breakdown. Like big what are what are the what elephant tears? Elephant like, tears. Big no. elephant tears sobbing crying to my Uber. Oh he parks. And I shit you not, I talked to this guy for a fucking hour. Now, did you tip him for his time and give him a five-star rating for the free therapy? Yes, I did. He also got my number, not in a creepy way. I did not feel those vibes. But he was like, we're we're friends now. And he, like, gave me a hug and was, like, consoling me. Did you feel better, though, like, afterwards? Like, did you feel like he listened to you and, like, impacted your life a little? I really don't think it was about that. I think it was just in my feels. I came home and I ate like leftover French fries from literally a week ago. Disgusting. I mean. I'm like a trash human. Did you put it in your air fryer? <laughs> no. Oh, Abby. The That's oven, the whole but, point of an air fryer. But I will have to say I am so responsible. I checked my oven three times before going to bed to make sure it was off. Good for you. Yeah. So I like hang out at like my house. I stay up till 4 a.m. Literally 4 a.m. Day before Mother's Day. I'm turning 30. I can't be out till 4 in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I can't even drink. Like, I can't even be past, like, 11 o'clock. And I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. My mind can't even focus. So, essentially, long story short, I shouldn't be up till 4 a.m. I shouldn't hang out with an Uber for an hour crying. And I should not invite a guy out to the bar at midnight. Tinder dudes have an expiration date. They're not like Cinderella. They don't turn into a pumpkin at midnight. They just swipe left. Still don't know if he was trying to hook up. Um, I didn't get the vibe, but like I also wasn't really talking to him. So So he never had a chance. Nope. Sasquatch never had a chance. So, you know, a couple stories all in one. That's my, you know, ope story of the day. Ope. Yeah, that's a rough one. A big big ope. Well, again, we're going to thank you guys one last time. My name is Nikki, and you can find us at the Ope Girl Pod on insta and twitter um and abby do you want to plug your stuff in yeah follow me at abby mccarvel on instagram i'm gonna be completely honest with you guys social media is we're gonna work on it yeah (laughs) with me we'll work on it (laughs) goals yeah we'll 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 work on it (laughs) what's your what's your what's your instagram um i think it's I don't know. So, okay. We'll figure we'll tell it out you later. Yeah. We'll <laughs> tag myself in something on a post. So y'all are smart. You can find her. <laughs> most of my, most of my Insta pics are of my dogs. So yeah. Good dog content. <sighs> Love it. Mine are of my face. So yeah. I mean, that's pretty good face content. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, it depends on the ass. <laughs> All right. Well, I literally you- not the Tinder guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh?